The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Welcome to a special edition of the Big Red Bench Ladies Football Podcast with me, your host, Ger McCarthy. You can follow me on Twitter at at 74 In this week's episode, we look ahead to this weekend's standout TG Cahar All-Ireland Ladies Football Championship clash between Cork and Kerry and get the views of three Cork senior panellists. Dr Orla Farmer has experienced a whirlwind year both on and off the pitch. We hear from the Middleton stalwart on facing old rivals Kerry and her delight at completing her PhD. We also get the views of Morn Abbey's Breed O'Sullivan and Ahada's Sarah Leahy ahead of what should be a cracking encounter with the Kingdom. That's all to come on this week's Big Red Bench Ladies Football Podcast. Dr Orla Farmer is looking forward to another chapter in the Cork versus Kerry LGFA rivalry when the two sides clash in this weekend's TG Carr All-Ireland Championship. The Cork Inter-County star recently completed her PhD on the design, development, implementation and evaluation of the Gaelic for Girls intervention. Focusing on the reasons why so many young girls drop out of sport at an early age, Dr Farmer's work is only just beginning. Absolutely delighted to welcome uh, one of Cork's uh, best ever footballers and now a doctor, Dr. Orla Farmer. It's a real privilege to have you here on the Big Red Bench Ladies Football Podcast. Thanks, Chair. I'm delighted to be on. <laughs> Thank you very much. I uh, appreciate how busy you are and how busy things have been of late, but there's really only one place to start. And one uh, one thing I wanted to ask you straight off, because um, I, I found a, a tweet uh, that you sent out from your Twitter account, uh, I think the day before yesterday, and I'll just read it quickly out. To put it into perspective, 4,560 miles per year to training. 50,160 miles travelled since 2010. That's 25,080 at 50 cent a mile euro at 50 cent a mile or your own pocket to represent your county since 2010. And that's only a 40 mile tra- a 40 mile trip to training. It's time to hashtag level the field. Good news this week that players are going to get expenses, but I would imagine um, not before time. Yeah, I suppose, like, as you, as you mentioned, fantastic news and fair play to the Ladies Gaelic Football Association and um, that grant money that they got, they're willing to distribute that for the players um, for this season. So that's fantastic news. And um, I suppose the tweet was just in response to the, the WGPA report that came out. And um, like in a way, I, I wasn't really surprised um, just because I suppose my own research in women in sport and I have that kind of knowledge uh, and the fact that I have it's my 11th year playing with Cork now. So, you know, I know what it's been like playing the last few years. So it did kind of like frustrate me to a certain extent just in terms of levelling the field. And I just felt I, I wanted to, to, you know, put that out on Twitter and had a great response and, you know, it's, it's just hard to believe in, in this day and age that it's still not um, equal, really, between men and women, uh, particularly in the GA environment. So, um, so that kind of triggered me with the tweet. But like in saying that, yeah, it is frustrating. But look, at the end of the day, like the WGPA, the LGFA, like they're making really positive um, steps as well. Um, and we have to take it like that. As a, I mean, Rome wasn't built in a day. So we do have to appreciate the small kind of positive platforms and the steps that are taking place although we would like to have better uh, conditions not only just travel expenses but look I suppose beggars can't be choosers either but like the main point behind it was that like look it shouldn't be really costing us you know it should we shouldn't be out of pocket to be representing our counties and like we're training just as hard as the men Uh, we put in you know fantastic work over the last few years we've had some great success as well luckily with Cork and um, 
just didn't even think of that, like to put that into perspective with like 50,000 miles, like in the last, what, 11 years and not a cent for a mile. But look, I suppose, you know, as I said, change is, is happening slowly but surely. And we would hope that, you know, this whole 2020 movement and like everything that's kind of triggered on Twitter now at the moment and tweeted um, that that will kind of help with the situation and progress things on a bit sooner rather than later. <laughs> well, I mean, you're dead right there because the point is um, it's probably the next generation of players that are going to benefit from this, ladies, female footballers and camogie players, as they should, because why wouldn't they be treated the same as their male counterparts? There's absolutely no reason they shouldn't be. Obviously, the money has to be there and we both acknowledge that and there's a bit of work to be done there, but it's a positive step. And speaking of positive steps, um, you would have seen uh, in the media and on social media quite a lot over the last couple, over the last month the dual player issue in Cork, where the five girls, including Libby Coppinger and Hannah Looney, five intercounty footballers and camogie players, were put into the position when the championship draw was made. There was two fixture clashes immediately. Now, thankfully, thankfully, and again, let's t- let's talk positive because it's, it's been too easy to be negative about it. It's been sorted out. Now, the semi final should Cork reach both still hangs there as a potential date that things might might clash. You're up, first of all, your take on all of this. And secondly, would you agree that, okay, they might have started out these two fixtures, upcoming fixtures for the, for the five girls, for the footballers and the, and the muggy players. But what we really want is a long-term plan here between the two associations, do we not? Mm-hmm, absolutely. And, you know, I think it was quite disappointing, really, in terms of looking at the results from, you know, the motion put by the Ladies' Scale of Football and the... Camogie uh, association that it was denied like and it was defeated or you know and, and when you think of it that like the essence of it is it should be the players and it should be centre focused as well now I do see it from their perspective too like from an, an organisation perspective that like they are trying their best as well um, but in saying that like I mean this it's not as if it's a new issue either like I mean this issue has been going on with years and like I even remember coming on to the court senior panel back in 2010-11 and like the likes of Breach Corkery, Irina Buckley, Angela Walchick, they were having issues then as well. And so, I mean, in saying that, not much has changed. You know, I know it's great and it's fantastic to have like the 2020 uh, campaign and everything trying to promote women in sport. Um, But it's not reflective then when it comes to decision-making and when it comes to basic things like planning, collaboration, like there are things that you can control. Like I, I always say control the controllables with things like that. And like as much as it, it boils down to it just comes down to like effective uh, and, and clear communication and collaboration for the better of the players. You know, and like I know there are very few dual players, but you shouldn't be looking at it in that light either. I mean, they're dual players for a reason, you know, they're it's fantastic. Like, I mean it's what, what role models are there to young girls looking up saying, I mean, look at the likes of Hannah Lee, look at the likes of Libby Coppinger, or Liz Wire in Tipperary, and I'm sure there are numerous others around that these young girls aspire to be. Yes, it, it would nearly be off-putting for these young girls seeing that, you know, the frustration that they're going through. And I suppose from my own perspective, even just if I was staying with those five girls now, like you can see, you can sense the frustration off them. Um, and that's not nice either because at the end of the day, then the player has to suffer um, as well. So like that's, I mean, you kind of have to go back to your values, like as an association, um, what are your values? Like, are, are are they right? Are you are you implementing your values accordingly? And, you know, is it a, a player-centred approach? Like that's, 
that's what it boils down to essentially and players shouldn't have to make the choice like I know back in 2017 I think Libby and, and the girls had to choose between playing I think they played the camogie um, when the football was on as well I mean that's like personally just think they shouldn't have to be put in that and it's something that is controllable so like that should have been nipped in the bud I mean it's 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 as simple as just getting fixtures right and collaboration effective collaboration like in my opinion and like with the 2020 campaign at the moment it's not all about encouraging young girls and women in sport adults you know coaches teachers to try and and get that momentum going for for girls and promote it and in an effective and positive light and then you still have these issues like I mean it just doesn't make sense like at one end you're you're all for promoting it and you're all for you know giving the players that opportunity but then there's still something that's kind of in the way there's that block and barrier but it's something that can be controlled so like I think the more the players speak out about it and the more you know momentum in that sense the more change can happen as well and like as I said I mean I'm not blaming any association or anything like that I mean I do I do a lot of work for the Ladies Gaelic Football Association and well, they're fantastic um, and they are trying their best to accommodate everyone like I mean it's, it, it doesn't just boil down to one person either at, at the end of the day they are trying their best so um, but still at the same time like because it has happened it still isn't good enough like that the player has to suffer. Yeah, and I mean, even just listening to you there, passionate, speaking passionately about a subject, uh, the the frustration in your voice is palpable. So, wh- what is it like for the five girls involved? Look, as we said, thankfully the first two fixtures have been sorted out, but there's a bigger picture here, a much bigger picture, and hopefully, as you said, that with a bit of pushing from the media and on social media from the players, I think this time around is different in that it's going. It's not, it. If the issue rises again, there's going to be repercussions. I think. Now, what those repercussions are, we don't know, but it's not going to go away. And I think the two associations. I gather are coming around to that, I hope, anyway. On to more positive things yet again. There's a big match coming up for the Cork Lady Footballers against Kerry shortly. Uh, there, it'll be Cork's first round, first round or first match of the championship. Kerry will play Cavan this weekend. They'll have a game under their belts. Your experiences of watching and seeing Kerry down through the years, Cork and Kerry, um, they look to me a, b- a better proposition this year. And it's, it's a very weird year all around, as you know better than anybody else with covid is this a potential banana skin because Kerry will have a match played? And how important is it from an inter-county player's point of view if you've got a game under your belt and you're going into a game against a team that doesn't, be it camogie, be it football? That's a real bonus, isn't it? Ah, uh, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, we've had great battles over the years with Kerry. Like, Kerry are a fantastic team. They have a great attitude. And I suppose over the last few years, they haven't been as successful as they'd wanted to be, but they still have that drive always. And, you know... They're, they're kind of underdogs to a certain extent as well with Kerry. You, you kind of never know what, what team they put out and they, they kind of keep quiet about it as well. Um, and particularly against Cork, it's always a massive game, you know, serious rivalry. Um, I, I don't think the Kerry people like Cork as much as the Cork people like Kerry people. But um, yeah, I know, I mean, it's, as you said, it's, it's, it's a strange year. So um, I think... If anything, this year, I think any intercounty team in the championship this year is kind of at a level playing field that just in the sense that we haven't had this, the same training as we would have had last year. And um, we don't know what kind of training or games other counties have been played. So it's very hard to kind of build up a picture of what they're going to be like because, because we haven't played Kerry, you know, since last year. Like So we don't know exactly 
you know, what they're going to be like, which which is kind of dangerous as well, and um, to a certain extent. But look, we're we're excited, like, and we've been training really, really well. And um, there's a, a good momentum there. Um, I think this year, like, I suppose, given the the circumstances, like, I, the attitude is just to look. I mean, there's only a few weeks in it. It's a short championship. Like, go out hell for leather. And I think Kerry's an important one to start with too, because we need to be winning every game. You know, there is a potential if we if we lose against Kerry that we could be out of uh, of the championship. So it is going to be a battle. Um, and because we haven't played in so long, like properly, what, seven months ago was our last competitive game, you know, it will be a big tester for us um, against Kerry because, as I said, you don't know what kind of a team they bring out. And to be fair, it, it, it is always a good battle. And, I mean, they do have good some good players. I know, like, like Louise Nemir-Hartig now, um, and those girls that have been along for, you know, they've been around a, a while and they're experienced as well. But they know what it's like to play against us um, as well. So I'm sure they're going to be well up for the game just as much as we are. Yes, I think that's a very fair assessment. And uh, you haven't roiled them too much either. As they <laughs> have been roiled. I had Declan Quill on the previous podcast and he was very magnanimous. Even when I asked him for his starting 15. It was, it was a good bit of banter, but... I, I think you probably can hear the little bit of worry in my voice, but anyway, we'll worry about that next week when the match <laughs> comes around. Um, can I ask, obviously, as you are now Dr. Orla Farmer, congratulations on your PhD uh, on the design, development, implementation and evaluation of Gaelic for Girls intervention. Apologies if I've... Intervention, yeah, I got that right. Apologies. It's a mouthful. <laughs> Firstly, congratulations. Um, and I think not only you, and you know, I, I, I always see the players squirm when I say this, but you are role models for younger girls and you specifically are both on and off the pitch now with, with what you've achieved here as well um, first of all I want to ask a super question like how hard was it because it was obviously a very incredibly difficult and detailed thing and, and thesis to finish and congratulations on that I managed to read a portion of it in this month's uh, Pell magazine which people can download directly from Ladies Football uh, the official Ladies Football website and that alone was very very interesting the, the sense of achievement which I saw through your Instagram account on completing it and congratulations on that Thank you. <laughs> what, what there, there's a bigger picture here again. Why you've been, what you studied, and what you discovered, and what you want. To, it's not over for you now, and, and that this. Am I wrong? This is, is this not the beginning of something you want to implement countrywide in terms of the uh, for young girls, especially, and uh, um, you know, at, at such a de- an important age in their development, both for sporting and, and mentally as well. Sport is so important, but getting sport right for them is probably even more important. Yeah, and I think I think you you said that in a nutshell there that it might be the end of my PhD, but it really only is the start of kind of a a journey now where, to make a positive difference. Really, like that's that's what I want, and I suppose I'm so passionate about you know promoting women in sport and ladies football and just opportunities for girls to be active. So, if anything, you know what I found in my research, I am now hoping to kind of you know, change the Gaelic for Girls programme. So essentially, I just put an evidence base behind the programme so that more girls now can get involved and stay involved in playing ladies football. So the existing programme, with the new evidence, so my PhD research will now tailor that programme so that it can be run then all over Ireland. Um, with the aim, obviously, of just getting more girls introduced to ladies football, um, but also to, to, you know, stay involved as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, it has been a, it's been a fantastic journey. I've learned so much about myself professionally and personally, and just about the girls' perceptions of sport and you know what motivates them, what stops them, and it really only is the start now. And it was the timing is perfect with the 2020 campaign as well. That you know this is the year and this is 
there's a wake up call now that we need to kind of push on and and progress and I, I suppose empower young girls to to stay in sport and to kind of make make that positive difference in in their own lives but also in the lives of others as well. Well, young girls need heroes and they've got one in you both on and off the pitch. Dr. Order Farmer, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us here on the Big Red Bench Ladies Football Podcast. Continued success on and off the pitch and I have a feeling we'll be talking again uh, in the not too distant future about your next achievement. Thank you. Thanks, Jer. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Ahad is highly regarded Sarah Leahy is battling back from a shoulder injury but has proven a valuable asset to both club and county over the past 12 months. Leahy is itching to be part of the Rebels 2020 inter-county campaign which begins this weekend against Kerry. We are delighted here on the Big Red Bench Ladies Football Podcast to welcome a, a, a very talented player and add a player and a Cork inter-county player and that's Sarah Lee. Sarah, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Really good. And we're delighted to have you on the podcast and thanks for taking the time to talk to us. We're, it's part of our build-up to the Big uh, Ladies Football All-Ireland Championship starting off again. But unfortunately, in your case, you are still recovering from a shoulder injury. How are, are things going? How is the rehab? Um, and how have things been over the last couple of weeks? Um, they've all been, it's been good. I've been um, out for three weeks now, so um, I'm just trying to keep up with the rehab and stuff. Um, I've been going to trainings and watching and stuff, which is a bit tough, but um, hopefully I should be back in the next few weeks. I think um, in total I should be out for like maybe six to eight weeks, I'm hoping, but I'm not sure. It's all depending on how rehab goes. It's just, it's a bit disappointing. But I'm sure, um, I'm sure I'll be back soon, hopefully. Yes, because I had are known for their toughness and the tough players that they've produced down through the years, and you're <laughs> no exception. Um, can I just ask you, prior to the injury, and since you've moved up to the senior ranks, um, how have you found playing for Ify Fitzgerald and Paddy O'Shea and that, that management team, and the step up from minor to, to senior uh, since you made that step up when you used to play under John Cleary? How have you found that? Um, well, honestly, I found it very tough at the start. It was my first year coming up and um, I was in my leaving cert as well. Um, but like and all the older girls, because I'd watched them playing like all the way up and stuff when I was younger. So it was a bit daunting at the start. But like when I once I get got to know everyone and as the trainings went on, I just felt more and more comfortable. Um, the trainings are definitely a big step up, like um, fitness wise, but more even strength wise. Um, but no, it's been very good. Ify's a brilliant manager and so is Paddy and the rest of the coaches. Um, but John as well was brilliant coming up, so I've been lucky with the management I've had. <laughs> yeah, you, you enjoyed quite a, um, a number of successes with the, with the minor team and winning minor All-Irelands um, and working for somebody like John Cleary. How important was it for you, though, having somebody like Hannah Looney and so, uh, people like that around the senior setup uh, when you got there? Oh, so important. It was Hannah and like the likes of Orla Finn and Orla Farmer. I would travel with Orla Farmer up to trainings and stuff. And they definitely calmed me down. And like, I'd be nervous before every training and stuff. Um, but they calmed me down massively. Sure, they're all so lovely and stuff. But um, it was just a big step up. But I'm kind of used to it now, thank God. Indeed. Um, this year has been very different, obviously, for you and for senior uh, inter-county teams all over the country because of yeah. COVID. How have you... How have you coped with COVID? I mean, where you're living and, and how has it affected you in your day-to-day life? Um, yeah, it's definitely been very difficult and stuff, having to stay in like the 5km and stuff and not seeing people. But um, we've been lucky with like um, Michelle 
Dully is our strength and conditioning coach and she's been giving us lots of um, work to be doing at home and stuff. So we've hopefully maintained a good enough level of fitness and stuff so that we're kind of prepared for matches. But it's definitely, it's been definitely very different not seeing the girls and the management or whatever. It's just not the same. But hopefully we'll have a good enough championship now coming up. But I'm not sure if it'll be like the other years. Yeah, it's going to be very, very different because you know mm. that you're playing Kerry and you know that you're playing Cavan. Can I just ask you, ahead of that big Kerry game, now Kerry and Cavan play this weekend and they'll have a match under their belts. Um, your previous encounters with Kerry, how have you found playing those, those types of teams at senior level? And what are the kind of battles that you've had at minor? Because I would imagine there's still a few players that have come up from minor like yourself that you'll be running into over the next couple of years. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. Underage, um, Kerry was like our strongest like rivalry. Um, and like even with the like monster schools and stuff, we would have gotten to know a few of the girls. And I think a lot of them have gone up to the senior panel now with Kerry. Uh, we've been training like Cork ourselves have been training really, really hard. So I think we're kind of like we're happy going to the game, but we know it's going to be a tough battle against Kerry. Like every match underage when we were in minor and under 16 and so on, the Munster finals would probably be the biggest match of the year for us against Kerry or whatever. Um, but yeah, hopefully we'll come out of it well now in the match this weekend or next weekend. Yeah, I mean, the, the old cliche that form tends to go out the window is pretty much true when Kerry play a cork. And Kerry have been very, yeah. very... Since those two new managers have come in, um, and we spoke to Declan Quill on, the, on last week's podcast, He's one of the co- uh, joint managers and their results have improved. Their performances have improved. So like Cork will need to be at their best. How has training gone for the squad over the past couple of weeks in the lead into the championship? Um, we've definitely, there's be- definitely been a, build, a big build up in the trainings recently. We've been doing a huge amount of fitness training, mm. which has just been like near to torture. But yeah, no, I think it's definitely been brilliant trainings. We've been doing a lot of tackling and defense work as well. So hopefully we'll go into it now. And um, I think during winter as well, it'll be more of a physical game. So we've done a lot of um, training like in correspondence with that. So hopefully against Kerry, we'll be strong enough now. I don't know. It'll be be very tough because they've improved so much recently. Indeed. And uh, not forgetting Cavan either, because I know it's a couple of weeks off, but that Cavan team, anytime Cork have played them, they've always been, they've always given them problems or or, or tough teak tough kind of absolutely yeah would you have had an experience of playing cabin at minor level or senior level don't you the years um i can't really remember i feel like we would have but um i think i we would go into it like mildly confident or whatever but we'd always come out and it would have been a tougher game than we'd expected you know what i mean that we can't underestimate cabin either i would definitely say Indeed. Now, on the intercounty scene, as we're looking ahead to what would be a very unusual um, All Ireland Football Championship in 2020, we need to just briefly look back as well at what was an equally unusual club championship. Can I take you back? Uh, and I think you know where I'm going with this, Sarah, to that epic, <laughs> epic comeback that Ahada put in against Kinsale in the Senior Football Championship. For those who may have missed it, can you set the scene and how much you were behind and uh, where that game was going heading into the final few minutes? Um, yeah, I think we were behind like two or three goals, was it? I think so. Yes, it 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 uh, it was one of those games where you ended up winning four twelve to three twelve in the end, but with two minutes to go, you were five points down. But in yeah. those five minutes, you you picked off two two, which was sensational. <laughs> yeah, no, I think Colin McAllister is our senior trainer at the minute with the Hada, and he'd always drill it into us that we just can't give up or whatever. Like it was not looking good for us whatsoever. 
like the likes of Finn and like Saib O'Leary, like belting in the middle, like it was very difficult. But um, no, I don't know. We just came back. Um, what was it? I had the ball at the last minute and I was just absolutely refused to go for the score. And I popped it off to Christine Moore and she got a class goal. Um, but it was a brilliant match, to be fair. It was a great way to win it, but uh, the worst way to lose it as well for Kinsale. <laughs> It was, but I think it just shows how um, how competitive that senior championship is starting to become. Obviously, you've got more Absolutely. Abbey and West Cork are still out in front or have been over the past couple of years. So you got that fantastic win and you've had a lot of momentum, I think, this year. The semi-final was a disappointment. It was a heavy defeat, but look, it was the same on the other side of the semi-finals. How are had progressing since you've won fantastic success at national level, at provincial level, at club level over the last couple of years? How hungry is that team and under Colin McAllister to, to go one better next year? Um, well, we were delighted with how this year went. Obviously, the semi-final didn't go great, but to be fair, West Cork and Warren Abbey are just like, unbelievable. Like A lot of them would be inter-county players, like the majority of the team. Uh, but Noah had it. We did a lot of pre-season training and stuff, and like we've got a good few girls coming up. Like even my sister and like a few of those girls that age will be coming up. So I think we're very confident going forward. And I think we're just going to train hard now and hopefully give the senior championship another go now next year. Hopefully it'll go as well as this year. Indeed. Something to look forward to, as we said. Um, in the headlines really? recently, uh, Sarah, uh, your teammate and good friend Hannah Looney and four other Cork players, uh, dual players, mm-hmm. have been involved in. Uh, there was quite a lot of headlines over the last couple of weeks. Just thankfully, it looks like it has been sorted and that the Cork, the five Cork senior footballers will now not have to worry about fixture clashes with their next two upcoming uh, inter-county camogie matches as well. It, this issue has been around for quite a while and I know you're quite close to Hannah. Um, you're just, yeah. your, just your view on it, um, it seems to keep cropping up year after year and just the frustration and the, you know, the, the stress and unnecessary stress on Hannah and those players. How do you yeah. and the other Cork senior footballers feel about all this? Well, like not being like when I'm not a dual pair and I'm just kind of watching it from the outside, I just think we should be commending the girls for the amount of training, the amount of work they put in, the amount of, the amount of nights and time they're putting into the training. And the fact that then when it comes to championship, they might have two matches on the same day and they'll have to choose between the two. I just think, you know, they should really be getting a lot more support. I think things are they've kind of fixed it now recently have they I just think the two associations need to have way more communication because it's so unfair on the girls and the amount of work they put in um but yeah no I think it was very hard for them having to choose between the two but I think it's getting sorted now is it it looks like it is Sarah but it looks like it's just getting sorted for this year I think your point associations need to sit need to sit down when this championship is over and try and make sure that it doesn't happen again next year I think that's really the key thing yeah, absolutely. I just think the girls, and they're all so talented, and like it's such an achievement to be on two intercounty teams. And I feel like that's majorly overlooked, mm. like the amount of work they put in, and then for it to be nearly put down in a sense that fixtures are clashing and stuff when it's so easily avoided. I just think it's a bit of a joke. But hopefully, going forward, now they'll like maybe put more light onto it and fix the issue. Yeah, and uh, just speaking about actually shining a light on these issues, which the media have been very, very strong on this year, and there's been quite an outcry, which was good to see and good to, mm-hmm. good to read. Um, the news that uh, inter-county footballers look like they're going to get paid expenses, a certain amount of expenses yeah. and travel expenses. 
Um, it's not before time, Sarah. And can I just ask you kind of a general question as, as an inter-county footballer, as a senior footballer known as club, senior club footballer, um, mm. do you think you and your sport get the credit it deserves? And is it about, it, obviously, getting some sort of travel expenses is a welcome development, but not before time either, considering that the men and the underage boys and inter-county teams down through the years have been looked after. Um, it's not before time that lady fo- ladies footballers are being looked after in the same manner on an equal manner, which is the key thing here. We're not looking, I don't think you're looking for anything extraordinary. You're just looking for fairness. But what's your yeah. experience been as, a, as an inter-county player and as a club player down through the years, you know, looking for pitches and things? Have, have you always been looked after or have you had to fight for things? Um, well, obviously, off two years, there'd be occasions where we'd be struggling to get a pitch and stuff and where probably the boys would have been prioritised in that sense. Um, I would have always personally just found it very unfair and frustrating given like I have two brothers myself and like my sister and I would be doing the equivalent in regards to training and stuff and the fact that they were treated differently then um, it's just very frustrating for all the girls even the young girls going off now playing football and camogie I'm glad that they're making some sort of a difference to it but it definitely should have came around sooner um, in regards to fees and expenses like um I just think when we're traveling and at the amount, the same amount as the lads are and we're doing the exact same amount of training and like we're putting in as much hours as them, we definitely should be treated equally. And I know a lot of the girls, even Claire Shea, Anya Terry, like Roisin Feeling, like traveling like hours to training. Um, it just shows the dedication and commitment we have. And it's the equivalent to the boys um, or around the equivalent. And I just think it's about time that we're getting treated equally. Indeed, it is. Let's end uh, our conversation on a positive note. And I think a, a positive, no better positive note than to look ahead to what's going to be an absolutely cracking game between yourselves and Kerry. How much does the intensity of training pick up when it's Kerry, or does it? Does it? Does it pick up anyway with this Cork team? Massively, it does. We'd always, it's always such a huge battle, like a battle against Kerry. So we've been training very tough and very intense, of course. But um, a lot of matches and a lot of hard drills and running. And so, so hopefully we'll, we'll be ready for carrying out uh, in the next few weeks. Um, obviously, you're going to be coming back from injury. You may or may not. Make this. <laughs> Unlikely that you'll make this. But how, um, how much are you looking forward to getting back out onto the pitch again when, you're, when you are fully fit? Um, well, I'm hoping it'll be sooner rather than later. I'm really looking forward to it. It's very difficult standing and watching them all as the trainings have obviously gotten a lot harder as well on, of coming to the carry match and stuff. But hopefully I'll be back sooner than later but the next few weeks hopefully I can't wait Good stuff Sarah Um, listen thank you very very much for taking the time to talk to us here on the Big Red Bench Ladies Football Podcast we wish you well in your rehab can't wait to see you back out in the pitch again wearing that Cork jersey Perfect thank you so much thanks for having me The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Morn Abbey Captain Breed O'Sullivan is one of our club and county's unsung heroes O'Sullivan is hoping her experience can help Ify Fitzgerald's side get their All-Ireland Championship campaign off to a positive start at the expense of Kerry on Saturday. Delighted to welcome Morn Abbey and Cork senior footballer Breed O'Sullivan to the podcast this week uh, in the build-up to the big game against Kerry. Great to hear from her. And uh, Breed, first of all, thanks very much for joining us here on the podcast. Um, how have preparations been going? Um, good, yeah. You know, I think that uh, during the summer there was an awful lot of uncertainty about whether the championship would go ahead and even um, up as far as a few weeks ago. Um, it was kind of um, still 
um, up in the air where the championship will go ahead. But, you know, since we kind of knew that uh, we were definitely going to be taking part, it definitely has been um, full steam ahead. And we're really looking forward to going out and getting to play a few matches now, hopefully. Indeed. I mean, training must be quite difficult, organising training, because people like yourselves coming from Morn Abbey, people coming from West, people coming from East Cork, even just getting to training uh, amid the restrictions and between injuries and between uh, rest- and regulations, what, what can and can't happen in training. This has probably been the most unusual build-up to a championship, I'd say, you've ever been involved in? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think that in a way it kind of has... Um, been a positive thing in that you know it has kind of forced everyone to take a bit of you know responsibility for even more responsibility for what they're doing outside of training you know um, who they're meeting and what they're doing and you know I think that um, people have kind of got used to like training by themselves which you know for anyone involved in a team you wouldn't be used to at all, all really and, and you know I think it's you know something very good going forward having that ability to be able to train by yourself if you're not able to go to training for you know COVID related reasons or any other reasons you know I think that you know it's kind of a good thing that we've got that experience of taking responsibility for doing our own training when maybe we're not training as a group. Yeah and just on that I spoke to your strength and conditioning coach Michelle Delay for the newspapers this week in the, in the build-up um to the game against Kerry and like she along with yourselves has had to rewrite the rewrite rewrite the programs and rewrite what's happening and when it's happening simply because as you said some people have to be at home some people can be in training so it sounds like and it looks like though that the squad have really put the shoulder to the wheel in the last couple of weeks and did having a club season first away from all of this was it a big help? Yeah definitely I think that you know I think all the clubs will agree that the way that it worked out for clubs this year, you know, definitely did benefit them and um, all of your players available to you for the whole summer. And, you know, there are a few clubs that have, you know, three and four players involved with Cork and having them missing on a week-to-week basis um, for club training, you know, it is difficult during the summer. So I think that, you know, as a player involved in both, it was nice to be able to concentrate solely on club. And when that was over, then concentrate solely on on Cork, because sometimes it can be a bit of a balancing act trying to do it all um, during the summer. Yeah, and even for yourself as a teacher, I mean, you're seeing day to day the the dangers and the restrictions and the regulations that you have to go through just to get your job done from nine to five. But like you add in playing inter-county football and inter-county training and and restrictions on that and even just getting to the ground and the simple things that you would just take for granted any other season I mean, it has been, I know it's been the same for all the other counties that are taking part this year, but it's uh, it's important, I suppose, just from your own point of view, that you have football to look forward to, especially at this time of the year. Yeah, definitely. You know, we've um, definitely had to, like, make so many changes to, you know, even the way that you get to training. Like, I think, you know, we'd always kind of pool together, girls in the same club would travel to training um, together, and, you know, that has changed to travelling by yourself you don't have the use of like the dressing rooms as much as you would have in the past. So I think that it's just been a learning curve um, for for everyone. But I think that, you know, hopefully now if we can get into the championship and last in championship for as long as possible, it will make all of those changes and um, those sacrifices worth it. And the first hurdle on that championship run that we hope Cork will enjoy a long run this year are 
some familiar faces in that green and gold jersey. You've had some serious battles with them down through the years, and I would imagine, considering how well they played against Cavan uh, this weekend, that you're in for another tough, tough battle. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that any game between Cork and Kerry can uh, can never be taken for granted. Um, you know, we've had some serious battles with Kerry over the years and uh, Saturday would be no different. And, you know, they really set a marker today with, uh, in that game against Cavan and they're really impressive. So um, we definitely will be up against it, but we're looking forward. Um, how happy are you with your own form and your own fitness coming into training, uh, inter-county training? And just, I'd imagine the intensity is ratcheting up now at the moment than the week before. Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, like training all year with club, like, you know, I'm definitely in a very lucky position in that, you know, the standard at Morabi is really, really high. And it is nearly as good as training with an inter-county team when you're at club training. But there definitely is that um, added um, intensity when you when you go to Cork and that added pressure as well. You know, everyone's fighting for a position. There's, you know, so many girls involved and everyone has made so many sacrifices and has trained so hard by themselves since March and as a group since we've come back in September. So there really is loads of competition for places, but um, I suppose that's an excellent way to have it as well because uh, everyone is giving their all to try and get the opportunity to play some parts next Saturday. Um, I call you one of the more experienced players on that senior team, and I'm not saying that you're old or anything like that. But when you look at the young, <laughs> the, the young minors and the younger players coming up, and as you said, challenging for those positions, I'd imagine those 15 on 15 games are probably the best preparation Cork could possibly have for an All Ireland Championship. I suppose they're doing and what training other other. But yeah, there definitely isn't um, a better challenge than just playing amongst ourselves. And, you know, there's girls there that are new onto the panel this year, like the likes of Erica O'Shea and Katie Quirk. And like there are, you know, for girls who are like inexperienced, I suppose, in comparison to some of us who have been around for a few years, like they really have set down a marker and, you know, they've, um, force everyone else, I suppose, to uh, put up their socks and they've, you know, really um, impressed since they've come in. But, you know, it's great to see younger girls like that coming in and enjoying it and bringing something new to the panel. Um, it's obviously a big game for Cork. That goes without saying any time you play Kerry, but especially because they've got a win under their belts. They're a much improved team uh, under Declan Quill and Dara Long and they have some match winners up in that forward line. But Cork have some match winners too, including yourself. Um, how happy are you to see a few of your Mornabi teammates still part of the squad with you? Know, how refreshing is that, that you've got three or four girls with you on that panel um, when you're preparing for such an important game like this? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think that um, the, you know, the girls from Mornabi, like we're so used to playing with each other now at this stage um, that it kind of comes um, second nature. And, you know, it really... Um, great to have them to depend on and you know I think that like even when you know things aren't going your way in a match like it's great to be able to look around you and see the likes of like Kira and Darren and like Mauro Callan who have so much experience and you know that like when it comes to Mornabi or Cork that they're going to give uh, everything they have for whatever jersey they're wearing so you know it's just um, it's really good to have that experience as well for club and for and for county. Yeah, you mentioned club there, and it is 
thankfully you have a monster championship to look forward to there was a bit of a bit of a scare there after the county final defeat it was looking whether or not Mourne Abbey were going to be involved in the monster championship thankfully common sense prevailed and you will get a chance to defend that title now I know it's not in your head right now and I know you're fully focused on inter-county but it's important that you do get to defend that monster title yeah, you know, I think that like there was a bit of a mix up um between Crow Park and Cork County Board and yeah, it was kind of all looking a little bit in doubt there for a while. Um and I think that it was just a learning curve for, you know, for ourselves, for West Cork, for Cork County Board that you really need to be sure of um you know, the rules and that you're playing by the regulations that are set out by um Crow Park. So we're just delighted that it worked out the way that it, that it did and we will be able to represent because, you know, I think that it's important for Cork as a oh, so much experience um, and, you know, has such a proud tradition of ladies football. It would have been an absolute disaster if nobody was able to represent Cork in the Munster Championship. Um, so we're just happy that it worked out the way that it did and we're, we were able to go forward and um, represent Cork at Munster 11 and hopefully we will be able to play that off at some stage in the new year as well. Yes, and as I said, that's that's not on the table right now. There's a far more pressing matter of that green and gold jersey, but it, it is important that Morn Abbey will be there, thereabouts in the new year in the Munster Championship and we'll be behind you for that as well. Just finally, Breed, um, are you able to enjoy, it's just a simple question to an inter-county footballer of your experience and of your talent, but have you been able to enjoy the build-up to this year's in, inter-county season? I know the club was beforehand and there was a lot going on. You got to the final and whatnot. But have you been actually able, has it been a relief to be able to go to training or have the restrictions been a little bit too much at times? Um, um, no, I would definitely say that a relief is... I think that, you know, um, football is something that we're all so used to at this stage. And like you're used to going out and training three nights a week and going to the gym or whatever it is, that so much has changed in everyone's lives over the last um, like six months or so that like it's really nice to have, you know, that um, solid of, you know, that you're going to be training on a Wednesday night, you're going to be training on a Friday night. Um, so it has been really nice to have kind of that routine and it's great to, uh, as a way to meet people as well because you're not you know socializing as much as you probably would have before you're not getting the chance to meet friends and family so you know even having the chance to go out and you know meet the girls and train together um, you know it is it is a really great opportunity and you know we're lucky I suppose in a way that we are getting the opportunity to play with Cork and that we're also getting the opportunity to still be playing football at this stage of the year. Yes, and as you said, just that opportunity to play, put on the jersey for Cork, and of course, take on Kerry, and uh, and afterwards take on Cavan. You know where you're going to be for the next few weekends, and it gives you that bit of focus as well, and gives the team focus. Um, it's going to be difficult on Saturday, just finally. Um, it never is easy against Kerry, as we already said, but uh, you'd be hoping that the last final week of preparation for Cork will help you get over the line. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, um, all of the management team have really put so much into it. Like Michelle has <laughs> changed the the plan, you know, the plan that Michelle had in her head in January is completely different to the plan that um, 
actually happened, you know, but, you know, everyone has had to adapt and our management team is no different. And, you know, they really have done an excellent job of making sure that everyone is looked after and that, you know, anyone who did have any concerns regarding COVID and so on were, you know, really told by management not to worry about um, any of it because, you know, everyone is in a different situation. Um, so, you know, massive credit is due to them as well and is due to all the girls in the panel for sticking with it um, throughout the year when there was a lot of uncertainty around it. Um, so, you know, they really have managed the whole thing really, really well and hopefully um, we'll be able to show that at the weekend. And that's it for another Big Red Bench Ladies Football Podcast. Remember to subscribe to the Big Red Bench on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can also listen online at redextra.ie. Don't forget to tune in to the Big Red Bench with Rory O'Hagan, Colm O'Sullivan, Valerie Wheeler and guests between 6 and 7pm on the radio every Saturday and Sunday. Follow the Big Red Bench across all our social media channels as well as visiting our official website redfm.ie. The Big Red Bench, Saturday and Sunday from 6pm, Cork's Red FM.